I think we live in a society that worships certainty. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, everybody wants a guarantee. Everybody wants the map laid out for them. And it just doesn't work like that. You know, I think there's just people are putting way too much confidence in confidence. Welcome to another episode of The Empire Show. My name is Bedros Koulian, and this is an inside look. And today I've got a very special guest, someone who's a dear friend of mine, someone who I'm very impressed by, and someone that I've had the good fortune to be able to coach and mentor over many years, the legendary Mr. Vince Del Monte. Welcome to oh, The Empire Pedro, Show. Pedros, thank you so much. Yes, sir. Dude, so you and I met years ago, uh -huh. uh, and it was before your 30th birthday because I remember you telling me, all I want to achieve out of the seven-figure mastermind is to be able to make seven figures, a million dollars, before the age of 30. That's correct. I'm curious. Were you ever able to do that? I did. I knew the answer. I just wanted to make sure our audience I did. Knew. Yeah, with recurring revenue. Yeah. And that's what you really implanted in my brain. And that's what we came back to when we reconnected, recurring revenue. Yeah. I lost sight of the power and the necessity of that to have the freedom and the you know, movement to make new decisions. And recurring revenue is so powerful. When you think about the biggest companies on the planet, Amazon Prime, Netflix, all these services that we're subscribed to, that's yes. recurring revenue. You sell once, and as long as you deliver the value and service, mm -hmm. you get the money over and over again each and every month without selling. So I'm curious, you first started off as Skinny Vinny, mm -hmm. and I remember that being a really good hook yeah. because your whole story was, look, I've run long distance track, I come from a family of people who aren't built with a lot of muscle, and so you committed to doing something that most people who probably genetically in your position wouldn't have done. I'm gonna pack on a bunch of muscle, yeah. and then I'm gonna teach other guys to do it. How did that fare for you? Well, the intent was just to get rid of my nickname, Skinny Vinny. There was no business plan. There was no incentivization model. It was one to get rid of that nickname because I lived with all these buff dudes yeah. in college. So I was curious. If I transfer all this time and effort, 60 to 100 miles of running, into the gym, what could I do? Now, was that a week, 60 to 100 60 miles? 60 to 100 miles a week. A week. A oh week. Like yeah, a I was competitive. Gazelle. Yeah, I was 135 pounds. Our coach would say, uh, you know, if you come in 136 pounds, you're fat. Hey, Vinny, you had a good summer, eh? Wow. So, so muscle was not a necessity, mm. and it was baggage. But I saw what the muscle got these guys. I saw it as a stepping stone. So really, after university, it was a curiosity thing, and my eligibility was over, and I needed to start making money. And I had this fascination with this world of personal training, but I didn't look like a personal trainer. Sure. So those two interests intersected at the right moment. And that's when I started my journey as a personal trainer. And I transformed my body with zero intention to make an ebook, which didn't come for years later. It was just to look better. It yeah. was a purely just self-interest goal. I love that. And most great businesses start by solving the internal problem that we're having first and yeah. then going, I wonder if other people are having the same problem that I am. As it turns out, in your case, there was literally tens of thousands of men yeah. who were either skinny or over fat, but, yeah. but lacked muscle and needed to put on muscle. But before we go down that path of how you literally built this brand mm -hmm. and massive following on YouTube and social media platforms of the guy that helped other guys build muscle, mm -hmm. You went into a gym and you were just a personal trainer, but oh, you yeah. figured this magical sales skill out about yourself. What, what 
what how important is sales to what you do it's everything yeah it's everything i quickly discovered that you know i was working 60 to 70 hours a week as a trainer i loved it but i had a mentor who introduced me to this world of selling gym memberships and selling personal training and i quickly realized that if i sell 144 sessions and i got a 20 percent commission i mean that was like more than I could make in, you know, half a week. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. So I was also reading a lot of Rich Dad Poor Dad. I was reading the cash flow quadrant at the time. So I was getting introduced to this world called wealth creation. Never heard of those words in my life. All right. So now I see this opportunity. My world expands. I'm like, huh. And I was always like my, if you go through this, you know, chapters of my life, I was always trying to find an identity. And I saw this opportunity to be the sales guy at the gym and I uh, had another two mentors that just kind of plugged into me and they gave me books and they sent me to events they gave me a generous pay structure and they just fed into me and I became the number one sales guy at the gym I was working at and I took one gym mm -hmm. from two trainers to 15 trainers and I was the guy in the office that uh, trainers would just bring coffee to all day and just keep me in the office. Hey, Vince, keep selling for us and fill us up. And I was writing everybody's paychecks and I loved it. And I, I was like, this is really cool. So, you know, by the age of 25, I was making $76,000 a year as a trainer. I loved it. I had my own home and I had a nice Acura RSX and I was the guy. And, um, you know, I was starting though to start to feel a ceiling yeah. because my boss had me on the maximum commission structure and uh, I was just kind of sensing like, hmm, is this where I want to be in 10 years from now? Nothing wrong with it, but I was trying to figure out, is there anything else possible? Sure. That's an interesting approach. And before we kind of make that pivot, I'm curious, you said these two mentors started to pour into you. Mm -hmm. Now, do they just arbitrarily find you? They go, hey, look, there's all these trainers and, and guys on the floor, but we're going to invest in Vinny. What made them want to invest in you? Oh man, that's a great question. In hindsight, you probably can process through that, right? Yeah, well, I know um, the second mentor found out, so the first guy was a consultant, so he had mini gyms, and one of his clients was in Hamilton, and he heard that I was doing really well in Guelph, and this guy came to get me. Like, he drove across- To recruit you. To recruit me, and he made me an offer. And he, he came to me, and mm. he said, I want you to come work for me, and I was like, wow. and. Um, it was really interesting because I ended up working for you know both of them and I became both their top guys. I was actually a consultant for one of them. And one of the big lessons I learned early on, because I asked them, I said, you knew I wasn't always going to stay here, right? And they said, yeah, but it would have cost us more not developing you than underdeveloping you and having you not perform for us. I found that was my first exposure to the abundance mindset. They wanted to equip me and arm me and get the most out of me. I'm like, huh. In the time that they had you. Yeah. Brilliant. And that was really, really, and they were young guys too. Wow. They had it. Like they were with it. Oh, yeah. yeah. So here's a big lesson for all of you Empire Show listeners and viewers right now. You're always being watched. The fact of the matter is someone's yeah. always watching you. Even when you think you're not. So when you're reaching out to myself or Craig Ballantyne, Vince Del Monte, and saying, hey, how can I become like you? Mm. Odds are you're probably just, just another personal trainer or just another right. dentist or another real estate guy. Mm. But the moment you step up and create this category of one, which is what you did, yeah. in the gyms that you worked, you created a category of one where all the trainers wanted to do was bring you coffee so you can close more deals for them because yep. you were making them money and they were doing what they loved, which is train the clients. Yep. You created a category of one, you stood out, and when you stand out, people begin to invest in you, take notice, want to bring you up higher. Yeah, yeah, that's totally true. 
Yeah, that was pretty much it. And I uh, just poured everything into it. I remember one other lesson from those guys is that they taught me success is your responsibility. Before I heard it from Grant Cardone, I didn't know what they're teaching me at the time. But the way Murray gave me feedback was he figured out what motivated me. And he discovered that I was the word, he had language to it. He said, Vince, you're numbers driven. So I remember one month I didn't hit my quota. And he knew that I was trying to save up for an Infinity G37 Sport to trade in the Acura RSX. Sure. And when I didn't hit my goal, I thought he was going to come. Like, he was a big dude, 240 pounds, like 6% body fat, just like a strong, like very soft-spoken, strong, silent, like a guy you didn't, like you described, you did not want to disappoint this guy. Yeah. And he invited me into his home. I became a part of his family, poker nights. And uh, I remember one day when he came into my office and I didn't hit my goal. And I'm like, oh, my God, he's going to flip the table. This is it. Like, I'm done. And he kind of just leaned in and whispered. And he said, I don't think you're going to like your paycheck this month. Wow, that was it. Yeah. And uh, he asked me, how are you going to fix this? You know, what's, you know, and he kind of threw it back on me. He's like, you know, this is your opportunity to lose. And it's like, I don't need you, you know. And I kind of like, wow, this is my opportunity, you know, to excel. And, I, and it, it kind of reframed everything for me. And uh, that was a huge turning point. Wow, that's massive. What a great way to be exposed to mentors, abundance mindset so early on in your life. Because you, yeah. age-wise, how old were you in that time? So I was um, 24 to 25, and it was the same guy who introduced me to the Internet. And he started introducing me to the long form sales letters of all these skinny guys who were selling ebooks for $97. And I'm trying to do the math, like when I was just kind of, you know, in the research phase of this whole world of internet marketing. I never heard of those words either. And I found out this one guy in particular was selling 10 copies of a $97 ebook. And I'm doing the math, I said, well, that's like $30,000 a month. I said, that's impossible. They just, nobody can make $30,000 a month. Like, that's impossible. Isn't it funny when we have that mental ceiling? It's like, well, that's not possible because I don't know anyone who's done it. $1,000 a day, no way. No, it's got to be BS. It's got to be something's up. He must be doing something under the table. I went into a forum. I found the guy, wrote the guy's sales letter, verified it. It was all legit. So I went down the rabbit hole, and after I got a mentor, I proposed to work with skinny guys who wanted to build muscle. And after we did the research, we discovered there was over like a dozen guys doing this back in 2005. And his advice, I don't even know if I've told you this, his advice was this is a bad idea. This marketplace is way too saturated. There's too many guys selling to skinny guys in 2005. And uh, he taught me this little triangle that is something I teach my coaching students. And he said, you've got to be a 10 out of 10 on passion, credibility, and ravenous marketplace. And I'm like, I'm a 10 out of 10 on helping skinny guys build muscle. I'm a 10 out of 10 on credibility. Or at least I was still inclined to learn more to get even better at it. Sure. And I quickly realized there's no shortage of skinny guys. So I made a decision to pursue this one marketplace and to double down on helping skinny guys build muscle. And what I discovered back then, I didn't have language for this, is that they all had different stories. They all had different stories. They had similar promises, but they had different stories and they different, different processes. And this was a huge like, huh, they have different ways of achieving the outcome. And I had a unique way of achieving the outcome with variable resistance training, sure. you know, muscle fiber type training. I had a unique way of doing it. And when I started to like tell the guys like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, maybe we should go down this path. I just said, hey, 
this is a good thing, there's competition here, because all I need to do is become the best. And um, I didn't have language for this either at the time, but what I, what I quickly discovered is that people don't buy coaches, they buy, sorry, they don't buy coaching. People don't buy coaching, they buy coaches. Right. And they buy people's stories. And I found that my brand was growing, not because of my information. My information is, you know, it was unique, but at the end of the day, it's still a commodity. They all let's let's be honest. Yeah. Your information is a commodity. You can find it on Amazon for 15 bucks. Yeah. So why are they you can buying find it on YouTube for free? Yeah. So why are they giving me $77 for my ebook? And I realized it was my story. They were connecting with the Skinny Vinny story that I was raised in a Christian home, that I had, you know, very engaged parents, and that I was a runner, and that, uh, you know, I got beat up by the uh, strongest wrestler in high school in front of the hottest girl, Paula McKinnon, during an arm wrestle, and they're resonating with those stories and going into the locker room and comparing my forearms to all the other guys on the soccer team and running home and crying in my room, swearing at God, why'd you make my forearm so skinny? I started telling those stories. Mm. I'm like, ah, this is, this is. At what point, Vince, did it click that as I tell these stories that bring out the vulnerability, the authenticity in me, that the money needle starts moving? Was that like a, did someone tell you or did you figure it out? I didn't have language for it, but I could definitely see that if I continue to, I didn't have the language as you just use, you know, show up different, but I was being real. I was being who I was. I built my brand around this identity word of no nonsense. Yeah. You know me, B. I'm not a science guy. <laughs> I always thought in high school I got a 90. In university, I thought like, mom, I got a 98 on this one. 63. Oh, you know, wow. 67. And, you know, I just, my, my self-esteem constantly got beat up. So I created this brand around who I was. You know, we teach you how to get real results fast without the BS. You know, if this is your, if this is resonating with you, here's the workout. Let's get to it. Mm. You know, I'm not, not going to unpack the science for you. Actually, in fact, when I try to unpack the science, this is actually when I disconnected with the master from the mastermind. I started going down. You know, I, I forgot. I didn't know who I was. I, I started comparing myself to other guys. I tried to sound smart, and the brand actually went backwards because I tried to be somebody who I wasn't. Isn't that funny that the moment that we're not authentic, it's almost like people can smell it. We do have the sixth sense to be able to smell fear, to be able to smell an imposter, to be able to smell a story mm. versus authenticity. Yeah. And you do so good authentically mm. with bringing vulnerability that I think you, you don't have a choice. You can't fake it if you try. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I don't. And when you try it, it, it hurt your business. Uh, yeah, exactly. I think one thing that people need to embrace is like, you know, I think I embraced this early. I'm like Rocky Balboa. I've got what you call a punchy brain. Sure. And I leaned in on that. Yeah. I leaned in on that. I'm like, yeah, what's your point? Yeah, I got a big nose. Tell me something I don't know. I contradict myself. Wow, good job, Sherlock. <laughs> right. You know, I leaned in on the objections. And um, again, another quick lesson, you know, I was, what I figured out early is that successful entrepreneurs are marketers first, coaches second. Yeah. Fitness marketer first, personal trainer second. And I embraced that and that's when the business exploded over you know, seven figures in four years. But then it plateaued out when I wanted to, I started getting worried about what my peers were thinking. I was reading the comment boards. Vince's fitness information is good, but it's not great. And I wanted to, for some reason, prove myself. I don't because I, you know, I want people to like me or whatnot, but then I started to try and be smart. <laughs> Not that my information isn't great, but I try to be someone again. I try to talk with the science people. I got into debates. So you start I, blending in with the crowd. I started to, you know, get back into my, you know, photos and, and you know, uh, competing again. And uh, yeah, I don't know if it was an insecurity thing, but uh, 
the brand lost its DNA. Well, it's funny you say that because as someone who was looking in from the outside, I saw that, I don't know if it was an insecurity thing, but I saw it was that a need to belong. Hmm. To belong with what everyone else is doing and then they started doing shows and you wanted to do a show and prove that you can do a show and the skinny guy can't put on enough muscle to win a, to win a fitness show. When in reality, the reason that I know I got behind helping you mm -hmm. and started recommending your product is like, man, I know Vince, he's a coaching client, he's authentic, like he's the guy who did it without drugs. He doesn't mm -hmm. say, don't do drugs, and then goes back there and you know, injects Decaduraballin or something, right? <laughs> it was the, I was literally selling the authentic Vince uh -huh. to the, to actually to my nephews who were, who were you know, buying your products at the time. So now let's, let's fast forward all these years because you, know, you ended up creating a massive YouTube channel and a, a, a product suite Mm -hmm. Ascension ladders, yeah. continuity programs, mm -hmm. but at some point in the last what maybe three, four years, people started reaching out to you mm -hmm. like, "Hey Vince, how do I do what you mm -hmm. do?" Yeah. And this massive shift happened, and that's how you and I reconnected with along with Craig. Yeah, so you know, I was going through, um, you know, having a young family, and uh, what happened was, as I was still trying to grow the fitness business, I'm now in my mid 30s. And uh, people were seeking me out for business advice. And I was, you know, seeing this as an opportunity for side cash. Um, and uh, it was cool because I was having, you know, anywhere from 10 to 40 people show up for a two day event, all coming off my fitness list, yeah. which is really cool, using nine word emails. And then just with like a, you know, 600 word invite email with the price you in. And I would fill, I did seven events and filled every single one off my fitness list. And I was like, mine, it was more like I was benefiting more than the attendees because I was seeing like, holy cow, all these people came from my fitness world. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was like just side cash, you know, 20 to 40 grand here, you know, run an event, take some photos. I was kind of unpacking my IP at the time too, not really knowing it. And I was really getting in tune with what their struggles were. So actually that was a big lesson, just putting yourself out there running events. I was getting intel on, man, they, they never, they couldn't figure out how to come up with a unique mechanism. Even though you give them the formula, it's gotta be emotionally compelling and intellectually intriguing, and you give them examples of muscle fiber type training and baby weight training and targeted metabolic fat loss workouts. You give them, and they couldn't just, yeah. they couldn't get it. I'm like, huh, some people get it, some people don't. And, and I realized- the majority didn't get it. No, I'm like, personal trainers are the worst entrepreneurs in the world. Personal trainers should just stay personal trainers. And the, the big message I had for these guys is that you've got to be committed to flipping the switch in your brain that you're a marketer first, a coach second. That's why I'm beating all these other big dudes who are on roids, who are smarter than me and uh, have bigger followings. And I'd almost like rub it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they're like, something. yeah, I can do this, I can do this. If Vinny, Skinny Vinny can do this, why can't I do this? And that's how people started to believe in me. So I made people believe that they could do it based on me making others who may not have, you know, who, who shouldn't have believed in me believe in me. Now ain't that something because when you become the best in class at what you do, soon people start asking you how they can do what you do. Because all those guys that were coming to those workshops that you ran, the yeah. seven workshops that you ran, and you were making twenty, thirty thousand dollars per workshop, teaching them how to sell, effectively muscle building workouts online. Yeah. But they were your customers who bought muscle building products yes. from you, and soon started asking you, and you go, "I think there's something here." Yes. And I think instead of just telling them, I can coach them along. And you had this paradigm shift long ago that I'm a marketer, and my product is fitness. Yeah. And I always look at myself as I'm a marketer and my product is a franchise, uh -huh. Fit Body Bootcamp. And ironically, 
as I make Fit Body Bootcamp the best in class, uh -huh. guess what happens? Other franchisors, in fact, there's one in the room right now because we're running the Empire Mastermind. Yeah. They sign up for coaching services to now pay me to teach them what I'm doing to make Fit Body Bootcamp successful, which is really what happened with you right. as well. Yeah, and um, you know, it's really helping these guys like, realize what they're actually selling, and this is what trainers don't know. Yeah. I always ask people, I just had a case study coaching call for like a whole batch of new people that just joined a new program we launched. And I asked them, what are you really selling? No one could answer it properly. Um, you know, getting lean, longevity, preventing injuries, accountability, motivation, nobody answered the right way. I said, no, none of you are selling any of that. They're getting that. What you're selling is certainty. You guys are in the hope-based business. Yeah. And you don't, they don't understand they're selling hope. We're all selling hope. We're all selling certainty. And I'm selling you uncertainty right now. That's it. And they didn't understand that. So helping these guys make that mental switch as soon as they do, then the strategies, the tactics, the networking, that all starts to, you know, it's like essentially putting all that stuff on steroids. So then about two years ago, and I really want to show people the journey that you've gone through because how old are you right now? I'm knocking on 40 this year. All right. So you're about to turn 40. And um, it's been a decade since we've known each other. Yeah. And you went from the guy saying, hey, Bedros, I want to create an info product, teach guys how, well, you already had an info product, but I want to make seven figures, have a million dollar a year before the age of 30, yeah. which you did when you joined the seven figure mastermind years ago. And then after a while, we dis disconnected, you went on your own. And then here we, two years ago, you come back and joined the empire mastermind. And uh, I'll start off with a coaching call we did. We did a, we did a call, you said you reached out to me. Mm -hmm. and I said, Vinny, you're running these workshops, but I can't believe you're letting them walk afterwards. Like a mm -hmm. good 30, 40% of the people in your two day workshops are gonna pay you on a recurring basis. Going right back to the first lesson I taught you, which was recurring revenue, uh -huh. but instead of 29, $39 a month, now you're charging 1,500, 1,900 a month mm -hmm. for high level coaching and mastermind. And, and what a shift that's made in your brand. Yeah, and, and you know what it should be important to share too is like it didn't happen immediate. Uh, I gotta share this story, I don't know if you'd bring it up because uh, at the very first Empire Mastermind, I still came in with my fitness business. Yep. You know, I didn't it just cut the string, it was generating revenue, there's funnels built, there's traffic coming in, and I also was uh, bringing this clothing <laughs> line to life. I remember that. And uh, I had a supplement in the works and uh, you know, I was bringing these things, you know, to the table here and trying Which, to get direction. By the way, I got to stop you here. Your 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 pre workout <laughs> probably like I don't we don't I don't ask anyone to promote their product on yeah. the Empire Show, but I think it's worth you just giving a quick pitch yeah. because your pre workout I'll take it before like a really long powerful talk if I'm going to you know get in front of a thousand person audience or more or a late night workout and I need a really crushed out workout. What do you what is it and what do you what do you what did you put in this thing? I'll just tell everybody, because most pre-workouts cost, I would never share this, like probably, this is a business podcast, so I'll just share this. It cost me 20 bucks a bottle. Most Which is more than double what it should cost. <laughs> and that's why you guys all said, this is crazy, you're not gonna make any money. I'm like, I don't really care. I wanna create a supplement I actually use. Most pre-workouts, and it's funny, because when I launched it, I got all these haters saying that it's expensive. Most supplements have to be marked up six to 10 times. If I marked my supplement up six to 10 times, it'd be 120 to $200. Right. So what we sell it for is actually really cheap, plus a money back guarantee, plus free shipping. I'm losing money. So I created a supplement for myself that I've been using for two years, and um, 
I didn't really care. It was like, I just want this stuff in my house if people use it. But we, we could talk about how it took me down the wrong direction. It was a big distraction because supplements is no joke. Right. But, um, you know, most pre-workouts are three to five bucks and then they mark them up 10 times and people think they're getting a good deal. So I basically created something that gives you all day energy. It's not even a pre-workout. It's an all day energy formula right. that gives you pure focus. So we positioned it as energy for entrepreneurs. So you're going to get that all day focus without the crash, without the habituation and without the irritation. And it's the world's most expensive pre-workout. It's $99 a bottle, but if you buy six, it's 49. So it comes down to, it comes down to um, two to four bucks a, a serving. Right. And most people only need half a serving. That's so, all I take, and I'm 220 pounds. Yeah, yeah. So, so you're actually not saving money buying cheaper pre-workouts, and that message, just me sharing this, is basically how we've sold 4,000 so, bottles without me trying. <laughs> as, as we move on into, into the, the interview here, tell them where they can get the product from sure. and what the name of the product yeah, is. Yeah, fullyloadedsupplements.com. There's a one-year money-back guarantee. So start with half a scoop, like seriously, just, you know, more is not better. Uh, what we put in there is scientifically effective dosages, and ingredients, and I worked with the world's number one supplement guy. I can't reveal who he is, but yeah. we created a formula that works. And um, well, listen, it's a great product, yeah, and the go. reason I wanted you to talk about fully loaded is um, it's like a I, twenty-four it. gram scoop. So yeah. most pre-workout scoops scoop. are like eight grams or fifteen grams. So it's a fully loaded scoop, and you probably only need half a scoop. And there's fifteen ingredients. They're fully dosed, and if you do your due diligence on the science, just take the damn product. Forget the, the science is all yeah, there. For, yeah, just we're, take we're, this, we're, we're, we're done talking the, about it. Yeah, take Stop. the stupid product, and you'll see. Anyways, you here's set me up, Majors. <laughs> but here's the thing that I wanted to set up. One, you created a really great product, even though it acted as a distraction. Yeah. But then later, as you made the shift with it, mm. that this is something an all-day energy for entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. and then labeled it as the world's most expensive pre-workout. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, you created another unique selling proposition yes. about it. And now it's a profitable product line. Yeah. Right? But where you make your millions is not selling a fully loaded pre-workout energy beverage. It's really, I just wanted to talk about that because sure. I think it's a great product. And most entrepreneurs might need an edge in their workout or in, in mental clarity, et cetera. Yes. Hey, take the product. Yeah. What I want to talk about is how you were able to shift from running two-day workshops and one-day workshops to creating a mastermind program. Yeah that now has almost, what, 60 members in it? Yeah, I'll, I'll be very transparent because, um, you know, we grew the coaching program. The, the peak, the most numbers, the most amount of people we've had pay to come into the group is about, a, I think, 120, 120 wow. people. Now, as you know, not everybody completes all 12 months, all right? And um, most people don't know what they're signing up for, no matter you know, what they say about you know, experiencing their full potential. Yeah. I wanna impact the world, I wanna reach farther, I wanna have freedom for my family. Nobody has a clue what they're signing up for. They don't understand the level of work and commitment that's required over the time invested. People have zero clue. So we have over 60 members. What gets me re really, really excited, we've had as uh, um, high as 85 active members. <coughs> And what happened when we got to 85 members, uh, the system kind of broke. The way we were servicing the members, it was just way, uh, we weren't providing the service. The same service to coach 85 people is not the same you can use to coach, say, 30, 40 people. Right. So we had to, I had to go from selling to stabilizing. And I had to shift from you know, displaying my selling power to coaching power and make sure that the new heartbeat of our coaching program became our clients winning. 
and we built a membership site in January to modulate a lot of our teachings. We now have a specific way we coach people with four phases, attention, action, automation, acceleration. Everything's organized, so there's different levers people can pull. And uh, we just added in a ton of systems to really focus on helping people win and make that monthly payment look tiny. But that was a shift in mindset. We actually pulled back on sales, focused on stabilizing, helping members get what they need, and we're almost in position where we can go full throttle sales again. But um, I discovered a big lesson is that it's okay to break your business. Yeah. In fact, you should be trying to break your business as much as possible because I discovered I need to scale coaches. I need to spend more time with my coaches than my coaching clients. I got to stop doing sales calls. I can't be in the DM. I can't be doing my Instagram posts anymore. So things that I did for a year and a half to grow it, all of a sudden I needed your guys outside eyes. It's like, you're still doing this, Vince? I had to bring on a, a media buyer. I had to bring on a project manager. My expenses had to go up. I, I quickly realized I can't expand and contract at the same time. And I was forced to just keep addressing new battles, confronting new challenges to make new frontier. I'm so you know? glad you share this, Vince, because in business, most people think that once you kind of go through the hardships and you start getting profitable and doing well, that it only gets more and more profitable. And I call it phases of broke. Yeah. Like right now, Fitbody Bootcamp is going through a phase of broke because, as I said, we introduced our supplement line hmm. to over 200 Fitbody Bootcamp locations. We spent over a million dollars, $1.7 million, building the team, founding the leader, Aaron hmm. Fitbeard, for those of you that follow him, uh, making the product, launching it at our world conference, and now we're going to launch it to 800 locations. Like having all that expense took us into a broke state mm. on a temporary basis. Notice I didn't say poor. It's mm. phases of broke yes. that then lead to a big hockey stick of growth again. Yes. Because once all 800 locations this August start selling the product, that's an additional $10 million a month in revenue generated for headquarters, yeah. which now we take a bigger leap than where we were a year ago. But that takes trust. That takes trust. And that and takes that faith. And the pattern. No, that takes no certainty. Right. I, I think we live in a society that worships certainty. Yeah. Yeah. And you know everybody wants a guarantee everybody wants the map laid out for them and it just doesn't work like that you know I think there's just people are putting way too much confidence in confidence right instead of developing confidence which comes from developing your character consistency and getting around people that truly know who you are who believe in you that's where confidence comes from yeah. Com comes from competence and I've so. seen your confidence take off in your business to the point where when you would have smaller moments or phases of broke in your previous business where we were coaching you, like it was panicky phone calls coming in from you. Now you're like, hey look, Pedros, I had 80 something members, now I'm down to 60 something because it broke at 80 something, how do we shift things around? And most yeah. of the time you know the answers and I, you know, we're just kind of guiding you along with it because you know that 150 members, it's gonna break again. Mm. Like I know at 2,000 locations, Fitbody Bootcamp will break many times between 800 locations yeah. today and 2,000 locations. It'll break by way of the team members that we have, the compliance that we'll be operating under, the attorneys will no longer be competent that I have and I'll have to get a higher level of attorneys. Right. My ability to lead a company that will do then, let's say multiple nine figures, is gonna be completely different and if I don't expand my bandwidth, emotionally, mentally, physically, yeah. Holy cow, like look at all the opportunities of breaking that are gonna happen between now and then. Yeah, I think this is a fascinating conversation. I think there's way too much emphasis on crushing it and I, you don't crush it until you get crushed. Right. <laughs> well said, amen. You know, it, it's really like embrace getting crushed because yeah. you know, it's, um, 
you know, a great analogy I actually heard from uh, a pastor I listened to, T.D. Bishop Jakes. He just wrote a book called Crushing It. And uh, it's he describes the phases of um, growth seed stages. And it's kind of like a, a seed that goes into the ground. And everybody wants to be great, yeah. but nobody wants to go in the dark. Right. Nobody wants to get buried in the ground. Nobody wants to get groomed. Nobody wants to go through the process of what the groomer has to do to you, uh, whether that be the big guy or a coach, to get you to become a beautiful glass of wine, right? To become a beautiful glass of wine, you start off as a seed, right? And then you have to try and find your way out of the dark, through the ground. And even when you break through the ground, then you've got to go and grow as a vine and you get exposed by all these different elements, right? And then you might break off a branch, which then, you know, if you survive even more seasons and harsh elements, you might become some fruit. And then the fruit goes through a frustrating phase of getting pruned. And then the fruit becomes eventually maybe a beautiful glass of wine. Everybody just wants the wine. Nobody understands you got to go on the ground first. And they don't understand there's these stages of growth and you got to get crushed first. And that all these situations aren't um, you getting buried, but uh, you getting planted. That's, that's exactly it. You're getting planted so that you can thrive. And, and it's funny, uh, about four weeks ago, I was hanging out with one of my team members and it was a Sunday. And he said, uh, hey, man, you ready to go back to battle? I was like, back to battle, what do you mean? He goes, back to HQ Monday morning, because you know, we're, dealing with, we're dealing with a lot of growth, growth challenges right now, right? Or at least at the time, a couple months ago. And um, I was like, no, 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 it's not a battlefield. We're going to a construction site. We're building. Mm. And that's it, you're not being buried, you're being planted so that you can thrive. Mm. And we all know, using your wine analogy, that the best wine out there comes from the grapes yeah. that, that are grown in adversity, the, the worst yes. climate, the worst watering conditions, the worst soil. Yeah. And they become, they produce the best wine, yeah. ironically. Yeah, you're not being punished. I yeah. think that's my message to a lot of guys. Like, you're not being punished, you're being prepared. You know, if you think about a baby, if a baby gets exposed too early to certain things, what happens to it? You know, certain foods. Yeah. You know, and, and it's almost, people need to embrace that they're where they're exactly supposed to be in life. And they're not supposed to be, in fact, further because they're being prepared for that next fight you yeah. know and you can't win the next fight unless you win this one and that's which that's the reward for winning a fight a bigger fight <laughs> it's, it's kind of crazy and everybody preaches i think the problem is if everybody preaches this so much on instagram we've got this you know nation of uh tweeters and <laughs> yeah. not thinkers and people that actually want to develop is that they cover what happens is they cover up their lifestyle with language Everybody knows what to say now, that the words have no more meaning. Yeah, it's incongruent. The, the words that they're saying and the life that they're living are incongruent, absolutely incongruent. Yeah, so I think really trying to help people just identify, you know, to be honest, you know all the right stuff, but the question is, is do you really believe it now to lean in on the fears that are holding you back from making those next moves? I think every time we've got on a call together, it's been uh, something new I need to do. Recently, we discovered that I have some form of uh, issue or uh, it's become aware now that I don't hire people far more superior than me. And we don't know why, but we've identified that as another battle I need to fight. Right. I need to be comfortable inviting people into my organization who are smarter than me. And maybe it's an identity thing, like you said, maybe imposter syndrome, maybe I might get exposed, but I know that if I don't fight this battle next, I won't be able to scale consistent delivery. That's exactly right. And you know what's funny is I was able to see that in you because I saw that in myself five years ago. 
you know, people go, man, you, you really go get very vulnerable in your book, Man Up. It's like, well, I got vulnerable because I realized I kept saying I want Fit Body Bootcamp to grow. I want it to be a Fortune 500 company and Inc. 500 fastest growing franchise. However, the people that I surrounded myself with were all cut from the cloth of mediocrity because mm. I felt threatened in bringing anyone right. who had a greater understanding, ability, skill set, communication mm. than I did because they're going to figure me out and who's going to want to work for me <laughs> once they figure out that I'm an imposter. When in reality, I can right now cite seven people in this building at this very moment, uh -huh. my, my, my two VPs and you know, specific leadership teams, team leaders, who are far more intelligent, have greater understanding about the compliance side, the Federal Trade Commission side, who, who deal better with our franchise attorneys than I ever could. And it allows me to operate in my zone of genius, which mm. is to be the face of the Fit Body Bootcamp brand. Right. Right? I don't feel threatened by that. And so I was able to see that in you. I was like, dude, here's how we're going to fix it. And yeah. we're going to go through that process. Yeah. yeah. And you really helped me with that. First, I saw I saw the people in here. And when I come down here, I'm like, hey, B, I need some help with this. And like, okay, have a meeting with Jesse. I'm like, oh, you're not going to teach me? I'm like, no, I don't know how to do that. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. I'm not supposed I'm like, uh, how about uh, uh, this? Uh, go have a talk with so-and-so. Uh, how about this? Hire this guy. Oh, Oh, okay, so now you're getting me to think differently, act differently. You're now helping me become the architect of my business, not the laborer, yes. not the doer. And you're now teaching me things that I have heard, but I'm not doing, and it's to work hard once. So yes, it's going to be hard to find that employee, but once you do, you've got them. It's going to be hard, yes, to train them up, but then once you do, you got them. So I'm like, okay, work hard once or else nothing's going to change. And that, that's been like a big shift. Now I've got the vision of where I'm heading. And now I just, I get really down in the, um, you know, ground level, if you will. I think Tim Larkin talked about this yesterday. What you, what you need to do to get to the next level is not sexy. Right. It's really boring, to be honest. And it's really, it's a grind. And I use this analogy now with a lot of my students, not just in business, but in life with uh, parenting and with marriage. You know, I was telling uh, somebody the other day that, you know, me and Flag were having, you know, you know, some issues. We're on the same page all the time with the three kids and I'm trying to grow and all this stuff. And my mom just said, back, that sounds pretty normal. If, if you're if you're if you're not grinding in your relationship, it means you're not you're trying to you're not trying to go yeah. anywhere. Yeah, that's what happens when you drive a car a long time. And you're trying to keep it going. It's going to grind. That's normal. And I'm like, oh, interesting. And I'm parenting so hard. And then uh, someone reframed this for me. He said, sounds like you're doing it right. I'm like, oh, yeah. It's like, if you're not, if parenting is easy, you're not doing it right. <laughs> I'm like, if your marriage is easy, if you're coasting, you're not doing it right. I'm like, if your business is coasting and you're, sore, you're not doing it right. I'm like, oh, my, I needed these reframes on why I was going through, going through certain things, not to hit the panic button and to tap out and think things were broken. It's like, oh. I said I wanted to grow, but this is what it takes. Yeah. Ah, I'm being tested. Huh. The guy heard me say I want to be tested, and he's giving me a test. Here's my opportunity, and if I don't meet it, he's going to give the opportunity to someone else. What a great way to end this episode. Vince, how do people find you, connect with you, work with you? Yeah, for sure. So we've got the Vince Del Monte podcast show. We're really up in the ante on our guests, so that's a great place for people to get in just pure value. Uh, we won't give them a gazillion places. Instagram. Instagram. Instagram's my one place. I Vince answer all my questions. Vince Del Monte, they'll find my verified account, and they can slide right into the DM and uh, can go from there. Instagram and the podcast. Vinny, thank you so much for spending time on the Empire Podcast Show with us. 
Friends, thank you for watching and listening to this episode. And of course, as always, give us a five-star rating. Leave comments, take screenshots of this podcast, tag Vince Del Monte, tag myself, and most importantly, tag your mama. We'll see you later. <laughs> hey, thanks so much for being here for today's Empire Podcast Show. We would love for you to do a quick little favor for us. Just go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating, leave a comment, share it with your friends, and if you're interested in growing your business faster, go to bedroscoolian.com forward slash empire, fill out the application to see if you're a good fit for our Empire Mastermind Group.